This is Spartan 117. Anyone hear me? Over. Isolate that signal. Master Chief, you mind telling me what you're doing on that ship? Sir, finishing this fight. Welcome back to Finish the Fight, a Halo podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Reiners. And I'm your host, Alex Kendall. And before we get into today's episode, let's, as always, go over some quick updates that have been going on with the community. So, firstly, the game mode Freeze Tag has been added to MCC. So, if you have a copy of MCC, be sure to check that out. And the other thing I wanted to bring up really quickly is that some concept art from Halo 5 had just released recently online and we see that the didact was actually supposed to return and he was supposed to merge prometheans and the covenant it was really interesting to see nonetheless but i mean who knows if that would have made this story any better now moving on to the topic of today we are going to be covering yet another comic but this time it is made by a fan and it is a fistful of arrows it is a Really quick read, but at the same time, a very interesting and a really good read. Yeah, so a little bit about it. Fistful of Arrows is a fan-made comic written and illustrated by Levi Hoffmeyer surrounding the events of June and Dr. Halsey after the ending of Halo Reach. The 100-page, five-part comic was initially released October 15th, 2010. So now let's talk about the writer and the artist who is the same guy. Levi Hoffmeyer is a comic book artist and writer based out of Kansas City, Missouri, who graduated from the University of Missouri, Columbia, with a Bachelor of Fine Arts. He had originally considered journalism, but was pulled back to his artistic roots. Hoffmeyer is best known for his work in Halo, which he did in Evolution's cover, and he did a Fistful of Arrows, along with Mayflower, Shadowrun, and the mobile game Mothership. Now, both a Fistful of Arrows and Mothership are available free online digitally. Physical copies of Mothership are available to purchase online as well. Hoffmeyer had created the comic uh, saying Healy's War is Never Over, along with illustrating an adaptation of the beginning of Ghosts of Onyx. So those are two things I want to check out eventually too. Mm Mm-hmm. Hoffmeyer also won the art contest for Evolutions, as we had said earlier, having art feature on the cover of Pariah, his favorite story from the anthology. Now, when it comes to his background in art and his love for art, he has this to say. When I was very young, I started carrying a pencil and paper and a clipboard everywhere I went. Restaurants, Walmart, etc. My first love was drawing comic book characters, then anime like Dragon Ball in elementary school, and then designing my own video games in late elementary middle school. So I think that's really cool that even at a young age, like he's he's always been at it and been consistent because it is, um, you know, essentially a marathon to get better at art and keep working on it years and years later. Yeah, I mean, pretty much anything you do is if you keep that passion going and just keep getting better and better each year, mm-hmm. just kind of seeing where you can go, it's it, it, it's worth it. Mm-hmm. And it definitely helped him in writing the comic because Hoffmeyer would start to doodle in between online matches after he completed the Reach campaign in September of 2010. He said that he had always been curious about what had happened to Halsey in June after the end of the game. Originally, the comic started with 13 pages showing Halsey and June avoiding a space battle and June battling the Covenant at Castle Base. But Hoffmeyer felt that he could create more. He would quickly create the overall story, then would take the time to iron out all the details. Hoffmeyer said that a lot of the dialogue and locations would go through many iterations before the final product was released. Hoffmeyer felt that June was an entirely unexplored character and that he wanted to show more of it in the comic 
and build a story around his contradictory character. He was also eager to work within the canon of the comic, throwing nods to the novels like Fall of Reach and First Strike. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so some characters that we would see in here are Eliza Miranda Ingrid, Nor Verdansky, Carter, Kat, June, Emil, George, Urban Holland, Catherine Halsey, Tom, who is only mentioned, that's the former Noble Six, Kalmaya, Franklin Mendez, who is also only mentioned, Laird McLean, Louis Araya, Brian Mulherin, and Jeffrey Easterling. So now that we learned a little bit more about Levi, his past, and writing the comic itself, let's do an overall summary of the story in A Fistful of Arrows. The story begins with a skirmish on the roof, and we have Noble One you know, kind of dealing with the situation of a girl, the gun drawn to her head, mm-hmm. the hostage situation, and he's calling for Noble Three, who is June, to take the shot, trying to, like, you know, get this hostage situation taken care of. And we see that June is kind of hesitating and saying, you know, he's ex-UNSC, and he's like, we need to take care of our own. He's like, you are taking care of it. I, I love that line. He's like, don't we take care of our own? And he's like, uh, you're about to. Yeah. And so we then see him take the shot, <clears throat> and then you have kind of this art piece almost of the, with the woman. She's kind of got a mascara running down, blood splattered from the shot, mm-hmm. and it ends that scene. Yeah, because the guy had the gun to her head, and you can almost like envision like the sounds that they're making. And, and I will say before we go any further, this is one of the few times that I was reading this comic with the voices of Carter, June, Emil, Cat, and George all in my head. So I thought that was really cool going along with this, but. So at the end, after that scene, we see Emil and George talking. And something to notice is that Emil's helmet doesn't have the skull scratched in it. So it's Emil and George talking, and you see Emil starting to question almost June's, I guess, like it, whether or not he's able to do what he could do because Emil's like, what is he doing? Why is he hesitating? Like, that's never a good sign in a Spartan. And George is saying, like, listen... You just need to like worry about you and we'll, you know, we'll be fine because he's always going to have our backs and we're always going to have his. After Emil and George have that talk, we actually realize that that was really a flashback because now we see June is in a pelican with Halsey, that same pelican that they got into at the end of Halo Reach campaign. Mm-hmm. And they're making their way through Covenant infested area. In fact, you can see in the art that they're glassing it. And so we find out that they're going to Castle Base. And in the midst of them talking about this, some banshees start to approach. And that's when Halsey says, you know, damn it, my timing was perfect. So she has Kalmaya lower a, a turret and has Emil start to fire at the banshees. And as he's fighting them, that's when a few UNSC carriers and frigates and, you know, I can't remember the models start to show up and start having some dogfights in space with the with all the banshees and the covenant carriers and whatnot and so they're still trying to get out of there because it's starting to get more and more quote-unquote crowded according to june and that's when eventually they start to see that more and more frigates are starting to get taken down and that's when we see the unsc dedalius wing actually get taken out by this giant supercarrier, which is actually the cover art for this episode. And I think it's just a really beautiful shot that kind of shows this scale of how big this thing is, like when we when we first saw one in the campaign of Halo Reach. So I really think it did capture that, again, the kind of that awe-inspiring moment. But once they take out that frigate and it explodes in the background, 
you see June actually starts having another flashback again. And it goes to when him and Carter are talking in a Falcon right after he had just taken out that insurrectionist when he was holding that other insurrectionist woman hostage with a gun. Yeah. So it, if anyone's the threat, it's his girl. That, mm-hmm. That's the dude he killed. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what he's saying. Yeah. And the two have the conversation because Noble One's talking to June saying, hey, I, I saw your reports and I, I'm seeing what your psych profile is. And, and he's saying, no, 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 it's it's wrong. Like my psych profile is totally wrong. And Noble One's like, all right, you know what? I'll I'll pass the info along. Like, because he's basically warning that this woman knows more than you think mm-hmm. and that she needs extra security. Like, like they're going to try and get her back because this will tie in later with Halsey being the one that knows the info and people will do whatever they can to kind of protect that info and protect that yeah. person. Mm-hmm. And so we cut to Carter and Kat kind of had this private conversation saying, hey, like, it, you know, Carter's asking, am I being you know too hard on him? She's like, he's a Spartan. His life's hard enough. Like, mm-hmm. it sucks as it is. So they have this conversation back and forth. And as they're having it, an explosion erupts on the base. And, you know, they're, they're out of armor. So they're kind of panicking like, oh, what was that? And we have uh, someone on base just checking in saying, hey, there's, there's one Spartan combat ready. And Carter's like, let me guess. And then we cut to Emil. And Emil's just mm-hmm. like amid the blaze saying, you know, he's going to take it on and then tracks her down. Yeah, because he's literally standing in the fire. He's, like, already on it, sir. And and one thing I want to point out is, you know, there was always this, like, implied romance with Kat and Carter. Well, in this scene where they are having that private conversation, they're almost, I guess, in their, I don't want to say, they're just out of their armor in this dark room. So, and she's taking the armor off of him. So, it's almost implied, like, this is more showing that romantic side to those two. And so, as he's tracking her down... You know, they're calling, you need assistance? It's like, no, I got this. And you see that there's some insurrectionists that have shown up, full tactical gear, and Emil's just going through them one by one uh, with his knife, tossing it around, and finally catches up with her. And so we see him take her down, and she says, hey, three of us for a hundred of you seems like a good trade. And he says, what do you say? Like, you don't even know what you're talking about. And then he looks around and goes, is that you, Commander? Because there's a warthog rolling up with just like some lights on, not the full floods. Mm-hmm. Like has some half floods mm-hmm. rolling up and we see on it is like the insurrectionist fist and just opens fire on a meal. And we have who I assume is Carter kind of trying to reach a meal, like yeah. calling out noble four, noble four, a meal. And it just goes to like a full black panel. Yeah. And then it shows Carter and Kat in a warthog and they see that it's a meal on the ground. His helmet's off. And she says like he's moving commander and we see Carter holding Emil's helmet and it's got some scratches on it and he says you know how much this armor costs and Emil says not as much as me but then Carter says you can paint a pretty picture over it no one will even notice so kind of realizing what's going to happen afterwards yeah it gives that origin story to it mm-hmm. really I think it's, it's such a cool way to do it mm-hmm. that's not like that's not you know in the game or something that's like oh he just really liked skulls or he's yeah. really scary yeah it's just like a neat like reprise to it Mm -hmm. yeah and then they end up going back to the base that they were at and we see june and george picking up a bunch of survivors from there and they're not even in their armor yet and june says at this point says you think it's too soon to tell the commander i told you so because he had told carter like listen this chick knows more than than she's letting on we need to give her extra security mm-hmm. because they're coming for her. And Carter says, listen, this is out of our hands. Like, we're just supposed to deliver her. We can't 
control that. Yeah, and there's there's one panel that was kind of hard to see that we actually see later when June does like a full flashback type deal mm-hmm. is there's actually like an arm hanging out of this rubble. Uh-huh. So it's kind yeah. of building on this PTSD of like, I could have done something to save this person. Mm-hmm. Like, what could I have done to save the insurrectionist I had to shoot? And what could I have done to prevent like more of my own UNSC brothers dying? Yeah, because it does touch in this comic a lot that he does have PTSD mm-hmm. and he starts to sympathize with his targets and things like mm-hmm. that. So it, it really starts to, as we talked about before we started recording, like this is, this is something that really starts breaking down that moral dilemma of like, do you pull the trigger? Yeah, because right now, all the flashbacks, to let you guys know, is, is when they're dealing with insurrectionists. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're, they're trying to capture this insurrectionist. She's not necessarily a leader, but she is definitely high up. And we'll actually get to her profile, which I think is really, really awesome that Hoffmeyer created an entire profile for her at the end mm-hmm. of the comic. Just as like an aside to give some really cool backstory on it. So we'll, we'll yeah. get to her just a little bit more at the end, just to guys give you a little, little fun facts. But we kind of followed their story along with the same one, because as we get to these next panels you see June without his helmet. And it, I I really like this aspect of the comic too, where he kind of like how with um, Team Black, they put like the numbers in their visor. Mm-hmm. With this, the comic creator fades his helmet in and out for some of the cut scenes to kind of be like him getting back into reality yeah. away from kind of what he's remembering. He's making it cinematic in a way. Yeah. And it works very well. It does super well because you can even see like the speech bubbles like mm-hmm. fade in and out. Yeah, yeah. Which I didn't I, even notice that, that they were fading in. Yeah, which I think is it's just really cool because it's like him snapping back to reality because mm-hmm. now we're back on the Pelican and Halsey's actually asking, she's like, are you are you feeling well? And he's yeah. Like, uh, yeah, you know, just uh, just... It hates having the world burning beneath my feet. You know how it is. Yeah. Trying to like push it off. Mm -hmm. And as we're going through, we're past that firefight now. Mm -hmm. We've escaped through. We're actually making our way towards Castle Base. You know, Halsey's kind of shooting small talk with her. How's, you know, how's Castle Base going? That place we're going so we don't die. Uh, Anyway, you got that file I need. Mm -hmm. And you see her, you know, Jesse brought up to me, just a big noble across it. And she's like, oh, you mean this secret file? This is like, and it, it's lime green too. It's very like if, if he were to just look down the cockpit, he'd be like, that's my name on there. Yeah. What do you got there? Yeah. So Halsey's checking in. She's like, I need, I'm going to possibly be spending months and months with this Spartan. If we go to castle base and basically mm-hmm. have to shelter ourselves, you know, wait for this assault to end, eventually come out. I need to know everything about him. And, so they're going back and forth with Kamaya. Kamiya is basically saying Carter, you know, had some documents in there and they don't line up, but they also do. But the biggest thing I have for you is actually a video footage. And this video footage kind of lines up with where we see the psych evals kind of not lining mm-hmm. because she says like what he's probably doing is he does suffer from PTSD but he's pushing it deep down and trying to ignore it. Yeah. Calling it elementary psychology. And and this is where she opens up this big giant book that looks like the the Toon World Yu-Gi-Oh card. <laughs> yeah. And and we see our own superintendent for this city that they're in on Reach. And it's now almost kind of like this style of how we saw things in ODST through like the superintendent. Mm-hmm. That's how we're seeing it now. And now it's the superintendent showing Halsey and Kalmaya footage. But you had pointed this out and I had never noticed that it has some kind of like fine print in that background where it says like 
My city has fallen, but my eyes remain wide open. There is a chilling rain. It burns the bodies and metal alike down to the earth. So really morbid stuff because it shows the city on fire. Then it snaps back to the city before it was on fire during that mission with noble team chasing down that insurrectionist that escaped from their base. Yeah, because they are in the city Quezon. Mm -hmm. Um, So this is, I guess, Quezon's superintendent. And like you said, Jesse, it's really cool because you have Kalmaya, you know, tapping into it. Like, okay, so Colonel Holland used them to take down this insurrectionist cell and its leader, Eliza Ingrid, who is that escapee that we saw earlier. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, on the bottom, you're seeing the superintendent say, data transfer complete. Reach will shatter into a million tiny lights. And another panel of Reach's guardians have fallen, save one. And though more soon will arrive, they fall in the burning sky. It is too late. So it's interesting mm-hmm. to see, well, especially uh, Hoffmeyer putting this in there. Yeah. To almost have like this AI sentience of like, we're doomed. Yeah, it, it gives off Halo 3 terminal vibes. Mm-hmm. Like reading this really morbid, creepy stuff like... We, we want to say right now the the amount of, like, I guess you can call these Easter eggs and detail and respect for the lore that Levi put in this comic is is so well done. Like, can't emphasize that enough. Yeah, and it, it, honestly, it, it really pushes the entire story in this whole superintendent, like, dialogue. Because on this last mm-hmm. one, after the data transfer is complete, it says data transfer complete. Will he save her or will he condemn her? Yeah, just soup. It's, it's interesting because you're not really noticing, like, what that means. Are they talking about the insurrectionist? Mm-hmm. You know, who is that? Yeah, and I never really even read these because I just thought it was some random, like, data thrown there. So mm-hmm. I was only reading the text bubbles. But this is definitely a comic where you want to read and look at literally everything going on. And, and he does so well to make it that feed because mm-hmm. we're, we're learning that th- they've basically learned that in uh, Quazon there's this whole cell of insurrectionists and they're going one by one. You know, just as it says, noble team is dismantling it person by person. Mm -hmm. So they've been spending the time there and trying to figure this out and they finally make their way to Eliza Ingrid. Yeah. So, so this is actually going back to that video footage of when they first or even second, I guess at this point, try and attempt to capture her. Yeah. And we even see, I I love also the friendly conversations they put in there because George and Emil have this conversation about, like, what are you going to do once you retire? Mm-hmm. So it's definitely, again, pushes that idea that they may not be doing this forever because George just wants to have some kind of land, like a plot of land in a quiet country. It'd yeah. be like a farmer or something. So interesting to see, like, that little insight. But, yeah, yeah. then once it goes to showing George, Carter, and Cat on this rooftop, Cat actually has a jetpack on, which is, again, really interesting to see – now, armor abilities start to come into play. Mm-hmm. And so they're going to track down. So they're going to track down Eliza now. And so we see like kind of this map of all the roads and everything. And Kat even says the superintendent is not a fan of the insurrectionists either. So this is going to make it a lot easier for us because the superintendent is going to help us out. So Eliza is in a car and they try to go through this tunnel i guess and it gets blocked off because they're trying to make their way to I like a, a hangar or it's like a port they call it but it's basically she needs to catch a ride yeah so she's in a car with a few other people and it pulls up and so she you know they pull up to this blocked off like bridge or hangar or whatever it is you know it says road closed 
please wait calmly. You know, those are all the signs around it. And so she pulls out a gun and to the driver is like, listen, you need to find a way through that. And that's when we realized like, okay, this is just a, a, a halo reach Uber driver or Lyft driver, or taxi driver. And so she's like, what, you've never seen a gun before? And he's like, no, look. And then we see a meal behind her actually go boo and then rip the door off in a Superman-esque style. And as the car tries to pull away, he gets on the back, but the the piece that he's holding on, like the bumper, the trunk rips off and he falls off. And then that's when we, we see some friendly banter between George and Emil because he says, that's twice you've lost her, Emil. So now they're going to take it from there, and it's yeah they're in the Falcon. Yeah, it's yeah. So it's George Carter and Cat who are in a Falcon, and now they're chasing the car down the highway, and we even see like the 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 car is going through traffic and causing accidents. So as they're getting ready to try to go in, one of the insurrectionists in that that taxi Uber or whatever pulls out a grenade launcher and fires at the Falcon, and you know since that has an EMP blast, it takes it out. And Carter actually falls out of the Falcon. So that's when Kat jumps down with her big old fancy jetpack and picks him up. And this scene was really cool. It shows like her falling down and the jetpack activating. And you see the hands start to come closer towards each other. And that's when she grabs him. And now we're starting to see, you know, after that happens, now we see uh, Noble 3, June, and it's actually starting to rain. So I always love like nighttime rainy scenes kind of bring that tension because they did make a comment earlier that it might start raining. And so June's saying, you know, I've lost visual with the Falcon. What's going on? And basically every everyone's out of commission right now. So the, the car is on its own and they're like, we can't lose this car. So that's when June... He's standing on what the, this this crane in a construction site, mm-hmm. and he starts to. It's always like the cliche, and you see this a lot. They jump on a, a crane and they turn it on that way that the crane can like move where they want it to go. You always see that in some kind of action sequences. But June makes his way to the bottom of this crane, and he asks, "Like, listen, I have a visual, noble one. You sure you you still want her alive? Like, basically saying, like, okay, I'll take her out if you need me to at this point. But Carter's like." Like, yes, we need her alive. So June actually shoots the tire of this car. But unfortunately, the driver loses control and it falls off of this bridge onto this this kind of what uh, bay area or it's a rooftop, uh, a rooftop. Yeah. So it, it falls on top of this rooftop. And I love this scene of like it's a close up of that. She's laying on the ground. She had crawled out of the car. And you see her eyes are closed. And then you see like Emil's. It's not his helmet, but it's his skull design, and then her eyes open, and he says, not this time. And so this is when June's asking, like, hey, did she make it? And he's like, yeah. And then June asks, but did the driver make it? And he's like, no. So June just inadvertently killed an innocent man in order to get this woman, this insurrectionist leader. Mm-hmm. And so we see the, the it, and I love how this is done. And it's like, and the cabbie, the other innie, and he said, negative, sir. So we see June with his with his head down and the rain's hitting him, and you can tell that this has kind of bothered him. But right before that, this camera feed kind of cuts out, we see that George is waiting for June on top of this ladder, and he asks him, says, did you ever meet Franklin Mendez? And June says, you know, very briefly, and George starts to say, you know, he once told me, and then that's when the, the news feed cuts. 
And that's all that Kalmaya can give Dr. Halsey. And at that second, as you know, she's going over what she's seen, we see that June is just standing behind her. So like he kind of knows that at this point, she's prying into his past and she's seeing some of these kind of horrible things he's had to do while fighting insurrectionists. So as they're kind of staring at each other, uh, Kamaya jumps in and says, sorry to interrupt, but uh, we're here. And they've made their way to uh, Meninchite Mountain, I believe it's how it's pronounced, uh, which is the home of Castle Base. Mm-hmm. And we get this sweeping pa- double panel of this huge mountain range, this small little kind of dock air base where they come into land. And so this is where Kamaya puts them in with Captain McLean, who was the uh, residing captain over the facility as it currently stands, because right now everyone has been killed or evacuated, essentially. Yeah. Except, and she's asking, you know, am I the first of the Oni presence here? And she's they're like, yeah, there's no one else has come yet. Uh, so she's OK, great. And she's mentioned that. OK, good. You still have the perimeter defenses off. Great, they're just going to think it's a weird mining facility. Mm-hmm. The Covenant kind of passes through. But as this is coming on, we then see that only a couple ODSTs had landed. And Max says, McLean, uh, says, we'll take you in. We'll take care of this. And he says, oh, whoa, that's a welcome sight. And we see a Covenant ship going down. Yeah. And that's when it has, Halsey asks, is there something wrong? And June's like, you have an instinct to duct. Uh, it's not going to help any. As we see uh, UNSC frigate crashing down and gla- and as the planet's getting glassed around it and it's all kind of falling apart around them. Mm-hmm. And Drew says, that's not good. All right, we need to, like those dropships are going to look for any survivors from that carrier. Mm-hmm. So we need to get inside right now and make sure that no one notices us. Yeah. And, and one thing I, I do want to point out is McLean is wearing that Oni armor that Dare was wearing in... Halo 3 ODST. So I thought that was really, really interesting. Yeah, it, it's really cool. Cool nod back to it and just cool to see kind of that it's, I guess, ODST Onis. Yeah, like Oni has their own kind of armor of ODST that they've recruited. Mm-hmm. Re- again, attention to detail is amazing in this. Yeah, and so we now see that Mac is like, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and pick off stragglers and take care of this. Mm-hmm. You know, like, we'll, we'll, we'll be okay. We'll make sure that they're not going to find you. And they, as they do that, they see a, a Banshee. And one of them gets the order. He says, okay, I, I got, you know, a Banshee my sight. says, all right, weapon's free. And takes the Banshee out. And that's when we see a panel of Halsey's just close-up mouth saying, you just kicked the hornet's nest. Yeah, like, and they didn't know that you were there yet. You're just kind of shooting at something. Mm-hmm. So we see that all the ships are starting to turn. And they, you know, ask, all right, Spartan, what can we do to help Spartan? And then we see June counting over like, all right, we got magazines, we got canisters, we got explosives. Perfect. There's always that scene in the movie where they're like, all right, how much stuff do we have? Like, mm-hmm. All right, we have this amount of ammo, the, these grenades, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So June says, all right, I'll, you get the turrets back up, get that fixed. I'll take, I'll buy you the time that you need. And so we see that Mac and Halsey are on a mongoose going back to base, and we see a little silhouette of June uh, under where the pelican landed. Yeah, and he's now starting to make his way up this, or making his way down this kind of, this platform, and as they, the ODST and all of them get their way to the entrance of Castle Base, we start to see a Covenant fleet start making its way towards Castle Base. So now Halsey is tasked with trying to get these turrets up and running, that way they can take out the oncoming fleet, but unfortunately it's just not working out because we see an elite saying, you know, 
at the Pelican. He's like, this dropship is still warm. These meddlers must be near. And I love this shot. And and I, I want to just go into this entirely. So June's sitting there. He's got a hood up, and he's got, like, some of his grass on him. And it's just a, yeah, some of his grass, uh, not, uh, not his ghillie suit. Some gi- of his grass, gi- ghillie suit. I, I yeah, some grass on him. <laughs> the name escaped me entirely. This guy has ghillie suit, uh, ghillie suit pulled over him, and he says the line "Time to bake this cake." And if you remember in our Halo Reach episode, that was a line cut from the campaign whenever Cat was going to say, it's time to bake this cake that we made last night. So I want to assume that Levi had watched that that developer commentary and saw that because I think that's just like a perfect little little nod that he put in there. But then he detonates the hangar that the Pelican is on and we see a bunch of Covenant fall off of it. Yeah, because... It- in previous panels, we see him actually setting up the C4, the C12 charges mm-hmm. all over the struts of this kind of makeshift uh, landing bay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and as that's happening, now the ODST are coming under fire from the Banshees. While Halsey is still trying to get these turrets online, but we start to see that they, they do come online and they are starting to take out some of the Phantom dropships and they're starting to fall in the background. We see this cool like silhouette of the ODST standing there as everything's starting to fall down. And so now Max says, you know, don't break out the cigars just yet, because now we have a group of skirmishers and jackals making their way up the hill at the bottom, trying to get to the ODST. And that's when finally June starts to fire off some rounds at all the other jackals, and we see a hunter that he's trying to work on, but he, it, we actually see like the bullets are bouncing off of it in later panels, which I think is, again, really cool to see. But as he's working on them, trying to take out these hunters, we see that, A, the turrets get taken out. So that's no good. And then as, they, as the ODST realized that those turrets get taken out or had gotten destroyed, they also, those ODST, get killed by some spec ops elites. So we just see one come out of invisibility and just stick a, a blade uh, straight through Mac, and he's like lifted in the air. And we see another ODST firing at him, but it's obviously very futile. So then finally, Emil does take out that hunter, and all of a sudden he looks over and realizes that the Spec Op elites have Halsey, and they have a sword to her neck. And so they're they're calling out and they're saying like, "Demon." You know, we we know you're here. We know you're hiding somewhere, but you need to come out now or we're like they they almost like threaten her. They're almost like saying, like, we can just take off her arm or something. She won't need that, which is they do threaten her. Say, come out, demon or your female dies. Yeah. But Kalmaya actually gets on a comm with June and says, like, listen, it's a bluff. They they do know how important she is. They've tried to capture her before. Nod to Legends. So, you know, you need to take care of this. We can't let one of humanity's greatest minds go into enemy's hands. And then we get this really cool shot of Carter in June's faceplate. And he says, June, make sure nothing falls into enemy hands. And he says to himself quietly, like he did in the campaign, I'll do what's necessary. And we see the reticle for the sniper rifle go over Dr. Halsey's head. And right as he puts his hand on the trigger, we kind of see those, like a flashback, like you had described earlier. It goes from the elite holding a sword to Dr. Halsey, 
and it fades back to that insurrectionist holding a gun to uh, Eliza at the very beginning of the comic. And then it shows, and it kind of goes to more panels, it shows that arm sticking out of the rubble, as you described earlier. It shows the any or it shows the driver, the lift driver, whatever you want to call him, the taxi driver. Yeah, the, the taxi driver. Says taxi on top. Oh, uh, does it? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I, the taxi driver. I got an Uber the other day that used to be, uh, or I got a an uh, Uber that used to be a taxi. That's anyway, all I'm saying. Anyway, taxi driver. And then it fades back to just for for when Lyft and Uber went around 2010. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I completely forgot this. <laughs> this came but, out, but continue years ago. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and then it finally shows back to the present of Halsey, and she has the sword up to her, and so June says, well, damn, it's probably not what you had in mind when I said necessary, Commander, but I'd like to think you liked it, and it just shows him jumping off the cliff and landing on top of that Spec Op Elite, and we see this this awesome few panels of him getting, or like shooting at the Elites, dodging their swords, one... One elite goes to swing at him, and he actually stabs another elite, and then he hits him with a rifle. But unfortunately, an elite gets cloaked and sneaks up behind him and grabs him. And I guess I'm assuming this is like head honcho elite is also like, no, like he made me stab my brother with a sword, so now I'm going to cleanse it with his blood. Mm-hmm. I also love like there's some grunts holding him too. So it's an elite and a few grunts. And so this is where June says, well... I've got to hand it to you. You guys are good. Not to mention you come prepared. Like this plasma grenade, for example. What a half a dozen of them between all of you? And that's when the grunt says, my holy flare. This says the only problem with these things are if you're not careful and then you see him light it. And it even shows like a close up of a of like the elite's eye. And then it says that's a pretty big boom. So you got to think that was like seven plasma grenades that just went off. And... As the smoke clears, we see June was using armor lock. So regardless of how you look at this comic, just know June uses armor lock, which I, th- I think this scene was just so beautifully done. Just how he he got captured, but then took them all out armor locked because it showed a panel earlier of him picking up an armor ability that was armor lock. Yeah, I mean, it's much better than actually the entire game Halo Reach. Because <laughs> uh, Noble Six didn't survive, but uh, June did. <laughs> yeah, so so in his battle, it kind of has like this desperado look to it. Um, you know, he's got kind of his ghillie suit torn apart. It's kind of like a cloak pretty much now, just kind of torn in the wind. Mm-hmm. And that's when June turns, you okay, Doctor? And Halsey's like, June, behind you. And the hunter's there. And he, oh. You always come in pairs, don't you? And at this time, we see that June's helmet has also flown off. Mm-hmm. So this is the first time that we're really seeing like him present day. Yeah, like yeah. like really like with Halsey, you see them all just kind of cut up from this whole battle after the helmet, and the hunter goes right up to Halsey and just is that. The, that's the shield. That's the shield, right? Yeah, yeah. Kind of puts the shield almost right up to her head and knows the same thing. Like we can't hurt her. Yeah, but it's like, maybe it's like an intimidation thing, like walks up, like, I don't know, but it is like definitely a really chilling thing because she's kind of stone faced there Mm -hmm. looking into this, this 5,000 pound hunter. Yeah. And then we get uh, June, the demon rider uh, on, (laughs) on the back of the hunter with his knife, like slicing through his, the back of his neck. Mm -hmm. So taking out those Legolos that are there and it's really, really cool shot. And I think that Hoffmeyer did so well with the art detail on this that he did space battle. He's done almost this like Western dune fantasy 
type feel to it and like mm-hmm. can like really flex the creative muscles on this, which is a, such a cool shot. Mm-hmm. Taking that hunter down and this is where Halsey jumps in. It's like, are you all right? And in traditional Spartan fashion, June says, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's nothing, you know, a little biofoam can't fix. Where's my helmet? Yeah, just, just answer like, where's my helmet? Need to get going. Yeah, and Halsey says, okay, good. Come with me. We're going to go down to this cool basement bunker I have. It's going to be super cool. I brought popcorn. I got Capri Sun. This is it's, all verbatim. Yeah, yeah it's actually in the comic. <laughs> uh, it's all sponsored by, by generic popcorn and Capri Sun. <laughs> and uh, so she says, there's a lift back there. Like, we have some equipment that we can put on it. We're good to go. And that's when June says, uh, sorry, I, you know, doctor, I have to make sure they don't follow you. Mm-hmm. And yeah. She's and saying, to protect castle base. Yeah, and she's basically saying, dude, we're going to be like, in the middle of the planet. It's mm-hmm. good. And he said, no, you know, but if the Covenant get word of this, they know you're here. So they're going to like tenfold what they're doing now, now that they know that the Halsey, the package basically, mm-hmm. is here. And so he says, she, she asked me, what difference are you going to make? He goes, maybe not a difference at all, but I have to do what I have to do to make sure that even if it delays them 10 minutes, I give yeah. you 10 more minutes. He has to do what he can. Mm-hmm. And that's really all that matters because he can't, he's the Spartan. He can't just sit by and let let this happen. Yeah, and they, and they kind of banter back and forth a little bit. And then it gets to Halsey and Halsey says, before you go tell me something, what did George say to you on Quazon? Mm-hmm. And once again, beautiful panel, give you that cinematic look because it's, it's on the left side of the panel is June. On the right side is George's face. Kind of split together to be like one human face. Mm-hmm. That's the dumbest description I've ever done. One human face and two faces. <laughs> Whatever. Just look at the panel. Get the comic. It's great. And look at it. But, you know, he, he states on the left panel, which is June, you know, he told me what Chief Mendez told him, that a Spartan can't have his own baggage, his own weight. There's just no room. He already carries the weight of all of humanity on his back. And he says, wise words. Yeah, and and finally we see he says, and I love the this these final texts. He says, in the heat of it all, words can't always help you pull the trigger. Sometimes you just know what you have to do. When you resist that, that's when you can still feel it shaking you from the inside. That's why you're alive, Doctor. I stopped resisting. And then he just says, "Be seeing you," as he runs out of this door as it's closing behind him. So that is the end of the overall story of A Fistful of Arrows. Yeah, and, and so we're going to get, I, I think, you know, obviously with all of our episodes, we'll touch on the end. I just want to say overall, I think it is once again such a well-done, well-told story that doesn't have to be in the Halo universe, but mm-hmm. it's so much appreciated that it is. Yeah, and then he even included adjuncts, and I love this scene. I'm pretty sure this is this is Fred in his, his Mark IV armor, I believe, when they got on the the planet surface in the beginning of first strike because he's pointing towards castle base so he included several adjuncts as he said it was elizabeth uh, miranda ingrid at one point there's a whole biography there's like two pages of just talking about her which again things he didn't have to include but he did i think is pretty incredible so yeah then we have the scald which is essentially uh, alex and i it's kind of like Insurrectionist propaganda. Yeah. So it's basically a message saying, why do we do it? Like, why do we do what we do? And it's kind of breaks down, you know, many of you do this for personal reasons. Many of you have a common global interstellar motivation. Mm -hmm. But what we have to do right now is we have to fight with the UNSC. Like, they're basically saying, you know, when 
When a misguided and violent alien force arrived on the UNSC's doorstep, many believe the insurrection was immediately over. But what you didn't know is like we're fighting our own war still and we have to be in full support of them. However, our plan is to make sure that after that war is over, that they're at their weakest and we Mm -hmm. can then rise to the top and, you know, be the honestly be what the UNSC should have been and give these people what they need. You know, and they need to rise to the top because insurrectionists are who I align with because the UNSC is terrible and Oni is terrible. (laughs) But yeah, it brings up that humanity must survive. Like it's it's kind of that you're you know the enemy of my enemy is my friend mm-hmm. because you know it's it's decimation annihilation or living. So you kind of have yeah. to choose it. So it's really neat that you know Hoffmeyer put this in there as a really neat piece of propaganda mm-hmm. that was kind of I guess probably taken whenever they were doing the whole any raid and getting Elizabeth uh, Ingrid or Eliza Ingrid, however you want to do it. Uh, I just thought it was like really really neat piece to just add in there and it's just so fun like i would love to see more of this type of stuff whether it be fan made whether it be official of just kind of little pieces of the universe that you might not see Mm -hmm. well it's it's crazy that he's a good artist and he's a great writer Mm -hmm. like something you typically like this wasn't a collaborative project he just did this because then also we have something called faces of the ghost which this is this talks about a meal and it, apparently it, it's an excerpt from Our Greatest Warriors, the unauthorized biography of the Spartans by Moyasser, Moyasser Jetta. So I think it's also really cool that Levi is is pulling excerpts from these books that don't exist. You know that he's creating he's creating the idea that there's a book out there about the Spartans post war, and this is an excerpt from it, and it talks about a meal. And, like, the sketch on there, it shows different Spartans and ODST with with these kind of scratches in their arm or in their, their visor to make them as well kind of look scary, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then the next one we have, which is, I think, amazing, because this is, once again, that kind of lore building for your own story. He does an entire kind of, like, oh, it's... Taurus pamphlet? Thank you. I, yeah. I, I, I'm dead. Sorry, guys. I don't know what a Taurus pamphlet is right now in my head. <laughs> but yeah, Quazon, City of Light and Dark. And you have kind of the superintendent put together this kind of historical document of like the history of it. You know, the highlights of the city. Come check out what we have. And then on the bottom on the ticker tape, you know, season premiere of Samurai Franck airs Tuesday. Oh, I'd never noticed that. So, Samurai Franck. Just, oh. just to let you guys know. We now have a new Lord and Savior. <laughs> <laughs> I might have to do a Samurai Front graphic here soon. There may be or may not be some Samurai Front emojis <laughs> in the work as of now. I also love the little superintendent that has a scarf and a beanie on to yeah, show when fancy, it gets cold. Because he's saying winter in Quezon was voted one of the top 10 sites of the season by Spaceways Traveler's Guide. Yeah. It, uh, I don't know, man. Like, this stuff is just as good as the comic itself because it's such a big chunk that is again like as we said like unnecessary but so appreciated yeah and, and that even continues like it goes to the next and you see where the superintendent starts to break down mm-hmm. and where Cam- uh, camilla like breaks in mm-hmm. because you can see he's like oh public transit's great the quason interstellar spaceport oh uns unsc causes road outage and then you see like this breakdown of the superintendent just kind of trying to fight her Mm-hmm. You know, and say, you know, they spoke of the big picture, uh, the ghost upon her, and they took her away off this doomed earth hearth. I mm-hmm. traded one enemy for another. And it's just kind of this, he goes from like happy eyes to angry eyes mm-hmm. yeah, with like, this conversation. Like squinting and 
it's it it, it definitely f- gives off these these Halo Three terminal vibes. Yep. As I said, like we're seeing this thing, the, the living city, basically. Yeah. yeah, and we're starting to also see like just this struggle between Kalmaya and him trying to say like. It even says right here, I could have saved you, June. Like, it's just so crazy seeing, like, this superintendent with a conscience. Like, I, I don't, like, I think it's incredible. Yeah, like this, Oni, you fools. You would rather keep your secrets safe than keep your charges alive. Mm-hmm. Like, just showing that once again, like, this dude could be like, hey, I'm the city guy. What's up? Uh, if you tell me what you need, I could honestly help you with everything that you wanted. Look at my beanie and scarf. Yeah. Look at me. Winter's top 10. Just <laughs> let you know. Samurai Frank, by the way. Yeah. But yeah, and then we have... A mission summary of Castle Drop, which is a part of Operation White White Glove. So it gives a breakdown of the the ODST and Captain that we see when uh, Halsey and June get to Castle Base, which it, is really cool. It's awesome. It's full statistics on them. It gives you a map of Castle Base and kind of the route they took to get there, where the mm-hmm. landing site was, and just a mission debrief, which is awesome. And even like... The equipment they have. So this goes on to kind of talk about the battle dress uniform with the prototype scout pauldrons. Yeah. And, and just really, really cool aspects of it all. And it's just, uh, again, one of those super nerdy Halo things that you love to see that you mm-hmm. like, this person really cared about what they're yeah. doing. Yeah. If they included stuff like this at the end of like every book in comic, if, if you wanted to shave off like 20 pages of every book you release and just give us stuff like this. We would love that. Yeah, just just to even see, like, okay, cool. That's what that is. That's what that that breakdown is. Mm-hmm. That's who that character's related. How did I see them before? Stuff like that is just so neat. Yeah, because like that's why you know sites like Halopedia are, are just so invaluable for people to be able to compile this stuff together to uh-huh. kind of go see it. Um, whereas you know if they did officially, we could get a little bit more detail in it mm-hmm. for those of us who want that breakdown. Yeah, and apparently every ODST is six foot. Other than Corporal Jeffrey Grimm Easterling, who is only 5'11". So, you know he says six foot in his Tinder profile. (laughs) (laughs) But then this final one that we have is a message from Kalmaya, actually. And you pointed this out. It's that it's that orange, whitish color that Mm -hmm. she is. And so it's, it's a message to Catherine Halsey about, I think, how... It basically like a, a dying message to her. Yeah, because the beginning of it talks about uh, begin Operation White Glove. And White mm-hmm. Glove was the decimation. It, it was basically the cold protocol of Castle Base. Yeah. So it was, it was erasing everything that was there. It was destroying the base itself. Yeah. And as part of that, it's actually destroying Kalmaya. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and this is like, it's really sad at the end. It said, I will miss my life, but even in death, I serve a greater good. But I do not dare to assuage and thereby do them injustice these two feelings i shall know in in the few milliseconds eternities i have left i miss my sister i miss my mother so crazy it's so sad because if you guys don't know kalmaya and halsey like that's her mom Mm -hmm. and then technically cortana is her sister yeah she's the older sister kalmaya is the older sister yeah that was the first ai that halsey built Mm -hmm. and then Cortana being the final, I guess you want to say. That reminds me of, is it Mac in Contact Harvest Mm -hmm. when he sends the message to Sif as he's dying and he says, I miss you. I wish I could be with you. So those kind of same vibes. So you can see so much influence from so many different pieces of the Halo universe, the books, the games, the comics, everything 
make their way into this one comic, which I think is incredible. And it's so great because because uh, Levy Hoffmeyer even mentions on uh, like kind of his thank you, uh, just thanking everybody in the Bungie community, mm-hmm. thanking all these people to have these 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 reference materials, even just thanking um, you know Bungie.org for being a place for you know like people like him to share his interest and be able to like sh- yeah you know, put this out there because you know for him it's a passion project that grew into so much more yeah again it's it's really cool because we'll talk about it here soon the community like i've seen so many people say this is the best comic yet and i think it's and even though it's not you know it's spoiler alert it's never been truly established as canonical a lot of people are like until why not yeah like like until you give us some kind of information (laughs) that contradicts this like it's canon yeah because all we get is june and halsey leaving and then we get June being, hey, uh, I'm training some Spartan Force. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in a suit now, guys. I got a face tattoo, but I'm in a suit. Yeah, uh, don't worry about what happened back there. I yeah. made it off reach. It's all good. Classified, right? Am I right? <laughs> yeah, it's all yeah. good. What about Noble Six? Uh-huh. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> all right. So something that's going to be interesting, talking about music mm-hmm. for this comic. So the comic book itself would actually have an accompanying soundtrack. The soundtrack was created by Sean Mortensen, and Levi even made the album art for it, which is essentially just the art for... A Fistful of Arrows, mm-hmm. he just kind of reformatted it to be a square. And I didn't know this, but beforehand, Mortensen had made tribute songs for Eric Nyland's Ghost of Onyx. But I thought that was always really cool to see. And so when he made the soundtrack, it was supposed to go along with the comic as you read it. Which is so crazy. It doesn't work that well. I tried today. I actually read this on my lunch break, but cool nonetheless. Like, Maybe you're just too slow or too fast. I think I might have been too fast. Yeah, see, that's that's the issue. Uh, if you play the game too fast, Marty gets mad at you as well. This so. is true. So, okay, to, to be fair. But I, I think it's something like that because he reached out and was like, hey, I made this soundtrack for this. Because, again, he also did it for Eric Nyland's Ghost of Onyx, mm-hmm. which I think is, is really, really cool. So having a soundtrack go with a comic is not always normal, but I think it's really cool because I did play. It was nice to have well, some it's never music. normal. I've never heard of it before. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. I think that's such a cool aspect to have. Even if, like, this, this they probably did it, like, to the science of, like, okay, they're going to spend probably about 43 seconds on this page. Mm-hmm. So we need this this interlude to be there. Yeah. So I think that's just so cool. Yeah. And so it is nice. Like, I, w- I was reading it today at lunch and I had the music playing um, in my headphones and it was just nice to have that music playing as you're reading it. Mm-hmm. So the soundtrack contains 10 tracks and is available to download for free on halo.bungie.net. So, or you could also go on YouTube and find them there as well. I'd say check it out. It's really cool. Yeah, we'll be sure to actually post the link to the comic itself and to the soundtrack to definitely support uh, Levi and just, you know, independent artists in and of themselves. We'll definitely mm-hmm. post those links on our YouTube and our Discord yeah. and everything. We'll have that available for you. Well, the guy's got a full, full-time full job and he does all this comic book stuff on the side. So definitely, we we love seeing stuff like this where it's people who do this stuff on the side but they pour so much passion into it and said he has art he's done for mobile games additionally with other comic books. And Shadowrun. Shadowrun's great. Yeah. So let's talk about the publication history. So the initial release was October 15th, 2010. And then there was an interactive flip book release November 11th, 2011, where you can go on his Leviathan Bungie page and read it there. Nice. Then the release versions, we have an online PDF and then again, the interactive flip book. And then we want to talk about what does this potentially do 
for the lore. Because mm-hmm. again, it's not canon, even though it's it's canon to me. So we see how June got Halsey to Castle Base. And then we also have a better insight into Noble Team and their previous missions before all of the events that happen in Halo Reach. Mm-hmm. And then finally, and this is one of my favorite, is we see how Emil got his iconic skull on his visor. It's essentially because his visor got scratched up from a warthog. So Carter said, paint a pretty picture on it. And he sure enough did. And of course, there's a lot of other things that we see in there as well. Like with all those adjuncts, we see that there was some conflict with the superintendent. And we see like, you know, Kalmaya's final words and how she misses her mother and misses her sister. Yeah. So there's plenty of superlatives. I wish we had more of Mm -hmm. even like little documents like that are just so cool. Like I would love... We'll do this when we talk more about it. I want a comic book of each Spartan. Yeah. I want like something like that. So you, like, and they can make it whatever. Add in those other Spartans. Mm-hmm. Just, just go not canon or canon. I don't care. Yeah. I just want a cool story. Leave. I get on this. Start making more and more and more and more. Yeah. Just do that. <laughs> and finally, we're going to wrap up with the general reactions of the general public. Fans were quick to accept Hoffmeyer's comic book with an incredible amount of respect. To this day, you can see fans commenting on Hoffmeyer's Bungie page, praising the comic. Aerith Momaniac, Momaniac, something like that. If you know who he is, give him a shout out. Shout out to him. Yeah, would actually create a petition to get Hoffmeyer a job at 343 Industries, 140 supporters. So there's some people <laughs> along with an, <laughs> more than, than the 15 supporters for Halo Reach being ported to PC. So there you go. <laughs> along with an official release of the comic. 343 Industries had actually contacted Hoffmeyer a few years after the comic initial release to give it kind of a, a proper start, to mm-hmm. kind of give it to the public in a proper release format. Give me some paperback issues and then a hardback with all of them combined. Give it to me, but have since put it on hold indefinitely. Yeah. Regardless, Bungie actually gave the comic its own URL on Bungie.net in early 2011. Matt Turney would offer his services to allow the comic to be read as an interactive flipbook on Hoffmeyer's Bungie page. Yeah, as we had talked about. And if anyone's curious, I think it's leviathan.bungie.net. Mm-hmm. Though the comic has yet to be officially considered canon, on September 14th, 2017, on a canon fodder post from Halo Waypoint, it would be stated that, quote, it's not technically canonical, but Oni has also covered up a whole lot of things that didn't technically exist. That's a 343's tagline for everything they've ever created. <laughs> uh, Halo 5? Well, you know, Oni might do some stuff. They might not. <laughs> they might have created those aliens. They might not have. Who knows? <laughs> uh, that's a, that's officially I'm going to look at 343's tagline. Yeah, they, their, their entire career is that emoji of just shrugging with hands up. Like, mm, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. So now we get to the final part of today's episode. As I'm wiping tears out of my eyes, what did we think of it? I mean, it's pretty obvious what we thought about this. Yeah. For not only, this was not someone who was commissioned to do this. They didn't have this time to sit down and research. They weren't given these assets from 343 or Bungie to say, like, listen, this is where we want the story to go. This was a guy who sat there and said, so what did happen to June and Dr. Halsey? Mm -hmm. Because at this point, we didn't know what was going on afterwards. We kind of assumed this is the last we would ever see of him. And at this point, you know, we, Halsey's off in the, the center of Onyx or whatever. But it's like, but how did she get to Castle Base? Yeah, like, because for this, it was Bungie's send-off. So they're like, all right, whatever. This is where that story ends. You know, like, it, of course, anyone would. They're yeah. just like, I don't care. They're like, we're going to not do Halo 4. We're going to do this one where it's honestly before everything. 
and we can really tell it however we want. Mm-hmm. And also, f your canon. We're doing whatever <laughs> we want with this. So, so for them, I get it. But then, like, once again, Bungie is su- such like a fan supportive company that mm-hmm. when they're like, "Hey, I've got this comic," they're like, "Dope." Here's a URL. Yeah. Throw it on up there. Awesome. This is this is better than we did with this. Perfect. Yeah, we, like because I was going through like a lot of the comments. I think even like a year ago, people are still commenting on his page. That's saying, crazy. Like, this is amazing. Like, you know, thank you so much for this. And and absolutely, they're right because as I said, this is a fan project, and it's done storytelling wise as well as any of the comics we've covered so far. Mm-hmm. It is absolutely to par with them. Like. And and the fact that he doesn't have that much experience writing, he mainly always talks about his art, is even crazier. And it's great, because here's the biggest thing about it. In 100 pages, you get a better story than all of Reach. <laughs> so you can just read this comic and you're good. But, I mean, and, and as we talked about all these nods and inspirations he took from everything, like, I think it's incredible how he included some Oni armor, how he included the superintendent, mm-hmm. how we see... Uh, uh, the origin of Emil's helmet. We see kind of that little more romance in between Carter and Cap. And, and doing it in such a way, like you said, cinematically and not directly in your face. Mm-hmm. Like I, I do like with Team Black, as I said, they have the, num- the Roman numerals on them, mm-hmm. but it's kind of in your face with it. But it's very cheeky in the way that they did it. But with this, I'm glad they didn't do it. Be like, look, they're in love. They're in that room together. Yeah. Like, look, do you see that he now has skull? He likes skull. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it was just such a subtle way of being like, you got your ass kicked, your helmet's all screwed up, do mm-hmm. something about it. Well, yeah, and, and the point is, Emil put, like, carved that in there to instill fear into mm-hmm. his enemies, and then we see the first time that he dons that, that driver is actually scared when he sees Emil. Yeah, because uh, thinking back, too, Emil makes a comment when he uh, catches up with her and says, because his visor is, like, basically reflective, uh-huh. and he's like, you know, you're looking, you're seeing yourself in this reflection. You're not seeing the monster under it. Mm-hmm. And so... That was before it got scratched before, up. Like, mm-hmm. right before, because he had caught her in the field and made that comment right before that warthog came and shot him up. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of is that, like, okay, look, you're not going to see yourself in this. You're seeing me, this demon under this, like, the literal demon in this armor yeah. type thing. Well, that's because she was laying there, and when she opens her eyes, then she just is a skull. It's mm-hmm. no longer a reflection. And, I mean, you could really analyze this so much, and whether or not he intended for, you know, people to do a podcast and analyze this as much as he did is beyond me, but I think there is a lot that you can peel back the layers to with everything. And as you had said, like... Yeah, you can full Shrek it. <laughs> I knew you were going to say it. I knew, but I went with it anyway. Shrek is uh, life. <laughs> but, you know, or even as you said, it's not so in your face that there might have been a romance with Carter and Cat. It's just the fact that they were kind of in their jammies or however you want to call it. And like, their uh, jammies. Their jammies. I don't know what you want to call it. Right, Mr. Rogers. Their, <laughs> their night attire. Oh, their, their knickers. They're down <laughs> to their knickers. Their thing. Yeah, it's it's just, it's it's a subtle way of doing it. I put it in the way of like, it's more like British television or movies where it's much more of an intelligence to it mm-hmm. whereas in america it would have just been them making uh, out making out but they can't be naked in america because we hate anything about nudity here but there would be guns everywhere 
<laughs> it'll be totally fine. But no, it's it's just such much more of a like you said, intelligence thing of like if you knew their story, you mm. see the nod that he has, and just like the care of her taking his armor off, of showing that not softness, but kind of that caringness to it, mm-hmm. helping him out. Yeah, that that is there, and and just so many different subtle nods, and just having George in there, having his tie back to the Spartan twos, mm-hmm. like without having to like push in your face that look they're different Spartans. I'm a Spartan too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean overall this comic is absolutely great. I you know I didn't read it all up until about two or three months ago for the first time, and I'm I'm a full believer. Like I'm sorry. If Bungie's going to give it its own page just just for being a fan project is already kind of like, hmm, they like this a lot. And then 343 even contacted him and said, hey, listen, we want to give this a real release. We want to release this as canon. JK. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then all of a sudden, pull, uh, for whatever reason, like maybe Microsoft pulled the, the, the rug out from under them. But the fact that 343 was about to make it canon or at least release it, I would like to acknowledge, I think, other, you know, until... 343 says otherwise, I'm going to acknowledge that it's canon. I know they said it's not technically canonical. No, it's 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 canon because you didn't just say no. Also, this takes me back to who cares? If you enjoy <laughs> it and it's fun, just enjoy it. Yeah. but yeah, Because the best Spartan out there, 1337. <laughs> Everyone knows it. <laughs> but yeah, that was a fistful of arrows. And this was a, this is a really cool one to do. I think this is probably my favorite comic we've done so far. It's it's up there definitely with Uprising. They honestly keep they keep growing on me. Like like they keep being like, okay, that one's better than the last one. Uh-huh. Right, no, 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 no. This one's now better than both of those. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you know, with with uh, Team Black Story and this, like they're both up there for me. I think it's mm-hmm. just they're both told so well. But you're right, this is such a cinematic quality to it, and especially for a guy who's you know a DeviantArt artist. Did this in his passion, mm-hmm. and him and a friend, you know, put together a soundtrack with it and all these other things. I think that's it. such a crazy passion project that led to something, but also led to nothing, but led to just so much more. I mean, it's hard yeah. to describe that. Yeah, but yeah, so that was the comic. I mean, I loved it. I'm gonna give it. You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say screw it. Give it a five out of five because honestly, there's there's not really a lot that you could point out with this. I, I did like as we pointed out that there was like that big cheesy noble team folder that was lime green that's like got mm-hmm. this folder here inconspicuously but there are little funny things like that that this comic was was damn near perfect i mean everything has its flaws but i loved this it was great i mean if if i had to give it a rating mm-hmm. i mm-hmm. would probably give it a, a deliciously baked cake um <laughs> divided by enough bullets to kill a man but just dinks your helmet added to too many insurrectionist escape options and probably equal out to be Halsey's the worst human being on the planet and this entire thing is because of her. This is true. But yeah, that was the episode and you know, as always, thank you for listening. If you want to go find us on social, we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can also find us on YouTube, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher. Yeah, any... any yeah, any, anywhere you can get your podcast, and if for some reason we're not there, which we're everywhere, so you're wrong, <laughs> but if we're not, let us know. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. we, we're, we're trying to be at every platform we can. And as always, a lot of this wouldn't be possible if it weren't for our awesome patrons. Um, so you've probably heard it every episode, but we have a Patreon. Uh, mm-hmm. where we do some really awesome content. We do print giveaways. We do bonus episodes, post-show, uh, get exclusive shirts, exclusive discounts. Like, there's there's so much really cool things, and the community keeps growing and growing, and it's honestly 
really one of my favorite parts about this because we get to share like just so many more cool things with you guys, whether it's personal things, whether it's just stuff we're working on. Yeah. Uh, you guys get the inside look. And as always, I really want to thank those people that are part of it. And to start off, we have Anchor Canadian, Baby Z, Charles Zitter, Dust Storm, Gavin Perkins, Grant Dillon, Harvey Chong, Colonel Panic, Tactics, Pasquale Orozco, Skyjack, and Zachary Plaster. You guys make this so much fun. I mean, it, it, once again, it helps us out, helps us pay for the studio, mm-hmm. helps us not be poor people. Love it. Thank you very much. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, we had a game night this past Sunday. It was super fun. We bounced from Halo Reach to Halo 5. So about once a month, we do public game night. So if you yeah. ever want to hop on that, do it. And uh, we can now praise uh, Samurai Franck. Samurai Franck is part of it. It's great. We'll get that commission. So if anybody wants to draw that up and thinks they can do better than Jesse, let us know. Probably, Probably not too hard. We'll have some ronk, Samaronk, Samafronk <laughs> around. Uh, yeah, but if you're a patron as well, you also get your own exclusive game night. So if you're a patron, it's two a month. If you are just one of our awesome community members, it's once a month. Uh, so yeah, just uh, thank you again. Really appreciate it. Yeah. And with that, I'm your host, Jesse Reiners. And I'm your host, Alex Kendall. Thank you for tuning in to Finish the Fight, a Halo podcast.